0: time for the most action-packed podcast in the pro wrestling world. It's time for the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling
1: Podcast. We bring you the latest and greatest in professional wrestling from the WWE and AEW to the excitement of the independent scene. You get it
0: all here in one place, the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Rob T and k bay Chris
1: what's up everybody it's your favorite duo on your favorite pro wrestling podcast not only is it your favorite but it is the best in the business today i am rob t and you are listening to the mega powers pro wrestling podcast and of course my partner in crime who is joining me he's gonna sound a little different but he's still here he's still full of energy introduce yourself please okay, you, Chris Bible. yeah all right yeah, he's. You sound a little different today, brother.
2: I'm a different headset.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kind of had some technical difficulties. We were supposed to record this podcast a couple of days ago, but then uh, your computer went to crap.
2: <laughs> yeah, it didn't want to play nice to me.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna have to try to do my magic on the when I do the final mix of the podcast to bring bring your voice up a little more, dude. I'm telling you, when you hear this, you're gonna see what hear what I'm talking about. It makes you sound like you're recovering from a cold. Really? Yeah. It does. It does.
2: Does it have my sexy voice? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. It's uh it's it's kinda weird, dude. It really is. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So just so y'all know, he's not sick. It's no. just it's the mic he's using.
2: It's the mic I'm using. It's
1: so fresh. we got a couple of interesting things we're gonna talk about today. Um just to give y'all a heads up, this week we will not have a recap show. Uh, and honestly, the reason why is because it's just a really busy week for me. Um, we're recording this on a Thursday. And tomorrow, Friday, uh, my band will be performing at a festival in New Braunfels. That's usually the day we, use, we, we record. So I'm going to be busy. I'm not going to be able to record. And then normally the backup plan is just to get up really early on Saturday and record on Saturday. But this is the weird part. We're booked for a gig that we're playing at 11 a.m. I mean, who does that, right? But apparently a Christian biker club does. So we're going to be playing <laughs> at 11 a.m. Uh, and it's going to it's gonna be a lot of fun. So I've got a pretty busy busy weekend full of music. Uh, so it's going to be cool. So that's the reason why we're only going to be doing one uh, podcast this week. But it's going to be a fun one. We got a couple of great topics we're going to talk about. And we're going to dive into the first one here in just a bit. But K-Fabe Chris, I have to ask you a question. Go ahead. What the hell is going on in AEW? People just want to be fighting backstage. I mean, it's insane. There are
2: some chingazos flying around. You know, Mexican evolved, so they don't to be chingazos, but still.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so for those of y'all that don't know, there's been a Twitter beef going on between Andrade El Idolo and Sammy Guevara. And this all stems from an interview that Andrade had I don't remember who it was with, but I know it was like a uh, a Spanish, because I, I know he did the interview in Spanish, right. that I know, um, but I don't remember who it was with. But in the interview, and I'm going to just kind of say this verbatim because I, I don't know exactly what he said uh, word for word, but I know it was basically saying, talking, he was complaining about Sammy Guevara, and he mentioned Sammy Guevara by name. And he said he didn't care about bringing up Sammy by name, and he didn't care about getting fired. So, you know, basically, he was going to spill the tea, if you will. So uh, he basically says that Sammy Guevara complains about getting hit too hard. And without going out and saying it, right, he's basically calling Sammy Guevara a little bitch. Bottom line. I mean, would you agree?
2: Yeah.
1: And and so so it starts this Twitter beef. And Sammy Guevara basically starts uh, talking shit back to him and then calls out Andrade saying he really doesn't even want to be in AEW. He really wants to go back to WWE. And that's where this whole thing basically escalates. So what have you heard, uh, Chris, since you kind of seem to, you know, you're, you're you're the research guy. What What's the latest on this whole thing?
2: Um, not much. I mean, I never originally heard that. They got in an altercation about the bag, they got in a fight, Andrade threw a couple of sucker punches, but that they both got recommend, reprimanded and both were sent home. Um, but that wasn't the case if we saw AEW Dynamite, we saw that Sammy Guevara was involved in the main event uh, right. tag team match. So it looks like it was only Andrade who was being punished, which is you know, typical, because he's Mexican.
1: Well, yeah, but, but so's Guevara. Uh,
2: I don't know him kind of as a Mexican <laughs> Not self-respecting mexican will put
1: himself as a little bitch like that <laughs> that's true okay so check this out i did read uh the la- a latest report as of i think an hour ago okay and there was some more details released so this is what this article said it said that it started with of course a verbal altercation in response to that verbal altercation sammy guevara pushed andrade to which Andrade then basically punched Sammy. Now, at first, everybody thought that uh, Sammy was the aggressor. Like, this was all Sammy's fault.
2: Right.
1: Now, I'm, I'm going to kind of back up a little bit. Because in, in all honesty, I do put the blame on Sammy for the Twitter shit. Right? Because he didn't have to say a, a damn thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that what Andrade did was good either. Because he didn't have to put Sammy on blast like that. So so I can understand Sammy kind of coming out and trying to defend himself. But at the end of the day, it's about being professional, right? So blame, equal blame, I think, goes on both parties. But as far as the altercation goes, it looks like it was more of a Andrade thing. Andrade was the aggressor. He was the one that went for the punches first. And according to this report, Sammy didn't retaliate. Like at that point, he was trying not to, you know, fight because I guess he didn't want to get sent home because the, the report said that the night before, on Tuesday, Tony Khan talked to both of them and yeah. warned both of them that if anything happened, he would send both of them home. So I think because Sammy did not retaliate, that's the reason why he wasn't sent home and Andrade was. Yeah. So that's basically what happened. And according to I think it was Dave Meltzer, uh he's saying that Andrade is basically trying to get fired because he wants to go back to WWE.
2: That's just fair. At the yeah. same time. This isn't the second time Sammy Guevara has been involved in a backstage altercation.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So what the other one was with uh, Kingston, Eddie, right? With Eddie Kingston. So, yeah. the
2: Common denominator here is Sammy It's Guevara. Sammy
1: Guevara. So, yeah. If it quacks like a duck and flaps like a duck, it's probably a duck, basically. So, yeah. And, and let's be honest. I think. I think with with Sammy's character. On TV, I got to say, I I think it's pretty close to the way he really is. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a Sammy Guevara fan. I love watching his work in the ring. The dude is uber talented, no doubt about it. But the dude's a prick.
2: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: You can tell he's a prick. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I think there's a man. It's just there's just a lot of interesting stuff going on in AEW right now. Now here's the thing, too, Chris. Uh, I've heard people say that aew is like it's a sinking ship i i don't agree i don't think that these altercations that have happened or, or anything i don't think it's it's um it's definitely put in a negative light to a certain extent on the product but i don't think it's going to drive people away honestly i think it's going to drive more people to it yeah definitely. yeah more people are going to want to see what the hell is exactly going on you know what's what's really going on here um i mean let's be honest we all look at the car crash you know what i mean so i don't think it's going to do anything as far as uh destroying the company or anything like that but uh but i do think tony tony khan needs to tighten up the ship a little bit he needs to stop being a fanboy and start being a boss yeah that's what i think so but anyway let's get to our topic shall we uh yeah uh, so we did we talked about it and we decided we're going to talk about two things today so in this first segment we're going to do some fantasy booking, man. Yeah. And uh, I love I love fantasy booking, man, because you let your imagination run wild, and and you think about matches you would love to see. So the only rules we gave each other was it was going to be fantasy booking for the two major brands, right? A-W-W-W-E. And I love what, what you said, Chris, and you basically said, let's do five matches. One has to be a uh, gimmick match, and one has to be a, a tag match, right?
2: Right.
1: So and
2: we that we have the open door policy with
1: this one, right? Exactly, exactly. Now, I'll be—I'll be honest. I just did. Uh, I don't know if you did any New Japan or anything like that. I just kind of kept it to AEW and WWE personally. Same, same. Okay. Cool. So, um, so yeah, man, I got mine ready to go. Uh, you want to go first, my friend?
2: Uh, I'll let you open
1: up. Okay. Okay, I'll open up. So. uh okay, Yeah, you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. If this was a pay-per-view show for me, okay. and the pay-per-view is only five matches, I would want to start off with a bang, okay? okay. I'd want to start off with a couple of big men going at it, you know, throwing hands, basically, leather hitting leather, you know what I'm saying? Like, like real hard hitting action. So my first match would be Damian Priest versus Luchasaurus. Okay. What do you think of that one?
2: all right i see that. yeah i see
1: that yeah yeah you got two great gimmicks going on you got the judgment day gimmick they're both dark gimmicks right right both very dark gimmicks especially with the new luchasaurus the way he comes out definitely gonna get pops on both ends okay Uh, of course the luchasaurus you're gonna have christian at his side um now with damian priest you are gonna have the entire judgment day but is Judgment Day really going to get in the face of a Luchasaurus who doesn't give a shit about anything? He's he's a dinosaur. He's a monster, right? He doesn't care, you know? So, uh, I don't know. I think it would be a great uh, great back and forth. Um, but if I'm being honest, I think the, the, the win would have to go to uh, Damian Priest. And I think the win would go to Damian Priest because of outside interference. So, yeah. that's basically... My first match. That's that's what I would do. All right, okay. your I mean, turn. The good,
2: thing, the good thing is you have uh you also have the element, story wise element of having Edge right now because he's kayfabe Christian's brother.
1: Exactly, so exactly. Yeah. So, so okay. all right, your turn. All
2: right. So, my first match would be, and this is more uh, again fantasy booking because you know me, I'm a fan of the cruiserweight style, the lucha <laughs> style wrestling, right? Uh, or at least the small men wrestling, really. So, my first match would be... Are you
1: saying you like small men?
2: Yeah. I like like being the big man here. (laughs) Uh, I would go for the TNT Championship between Darby Allin and Finn Balor.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow, that would be a good matchup right there. Yeah,
2: it would be definitely a good matchup. Yeah. Um, Again, we have the element of the Judgment Day in the back, who I'm sure wouldn't be afraid to get in the face of us. Darby Allen, right. Darby Allen also has Sting in his corner at this point. So uh, honestly, I'm going to go AW sign on this one, and I'm going to give it to Darby Allen.
1: I can see that. Okay. I can see that, especially if you put Sting in the mix, where uh, a Judgment Day tries to interfere, but Sting gets in their face, and that element of respect, the the um, aura that Sting has about him, the the legend, the icon status, where I could see a Damian Priest backing down, you know, even a Rhea Ripley. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I could definitely see them backing down from that aspect of Sting, especially if Sting's got the bat, for example. So, exactly. yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I like all that. Right. All, all right, all right. My second match. It's funny because you just mentioned one of the one of my choices, mm-hmm. but I think this one would be a real banger. Now, I will be honest. I had I had a different opponent for this one. So one one of them is Darby Allen. I was going with Darby mm-hmm. Allen. I actually had a different opponent at first, but then I thought about it, and I rearranged my thought because I thought, no, because Darby Allen is your typical face, right? And he needs to have an antagonist, an antagonist that can not only go toe to toe with him, move for move, uh, high spot for high spot, but could be the asshole, could be the 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 basically the douchebag that just is is very mean and nasty, but at the same time. Can go and so i thought darby allen versus tommaso champa because right. okay. you've seen tommaso champa especially with his rivalry with with uh johnny gargano now johnny gargano don't get me wrong he played a great heel but he did not have the mean streak that tommaso champa has right like tommaso champa is can be scary mean dude you know what i mean like there was there was a couple of times where he fought johnny gargano where you thought Holy crap! Is he really hurting him? Like, like he blurred that line yeah. of uh, between reality and fantasy, right? And that is the kind of, I think, heat uh, from a heel that you would need for uh, a, a guy like Darby Allen. Can you imagine the immense heat he would get for just beating up on Darby? And the way Darby sells, oh, it would just it would just make some massive, massive heat. Now, for this match, the outcome you got to go with the. Just the basic formulas that's gonna make a crowd pop, especially if it's if we're looking at these matches as like one-time events. This isn't a continued storyline, right? Yeah. It's like a one-time forbidden door type event. So with this one, you would have to give the win to Darby Allen.
2: Okay. Yeah. And it would,
1: and it would be and it would be one of those wins where he fought back from the bottom. He's probably limping at this point. He could even be bleeding at this point. Somehow he gets the advantage, ends up laying out Tommaso on on and on this one in my head it's not even on the mat i think he lays him out like on a table does the coffin drop throws him back in the ring one two three your winner darby allen that's how i see that one
2: yeah okay that's a good one that's a good one all right well mine the second one is actually a triple a triple threat match okay Uh, and it's for the intercontinental championship between kenny omega kevin owens and hangman adam page
0: oh okay Okay.
2: So I'll see two guys we've seen go at each other between Adam Page and uh, Kenny Omega. But throw Kevin Owens in the element, who's a great worker, you know, on the mic, off the mat. You know, he's an incredible worker. Um, And I just think that all three men could tear the house down, you know, together in that ring. So, Um, but I think that Kenny Omega would take the Intercontinental Championship in this one.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. I like it. I like it. I think that would be I think just the uh, just to see a confrontation between Kenny Omega and Kevin Owens is yeah. the price of is the price of admission right there. That yeah. would be really epic for sure. So I like that one. That That's a good one. I like it. Yeah. All right. Here's my third one. Now, here here's where I'm going to kind of flip it a little bit, because like we were talking about, this is kind of a forbidden door, one night only kind of thing. Yeah not for this match i would want to see this match happen after a good build-up like i would want to see several matches between these guys each one adding an element to the story and the reason why is because both of these guys are great on the mic and they're going to tell one hell of a story and not only are they going to tell one hell of a story but both of them are not afraid to get personal okay so if it could happen oh my god i would be oh i would be so enthralled with this story but it would be mjf versus edge
2: oh
1: okay yes we have to go
2: seth
1: no 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 because l- think about it don't get me wrong seth is great but let's look at the history of edge and especially in the stories he's been in involved in where things have gotten personal you know what i mean like his his uh rivalry with Randy Orton. You know, he wasn't afraid to get personal there. You know, Randy Orton wasn't afraid to get personal. But there's there's just this level of getting personal that MJF has been hitting lately that just really makes you go, oh, shit, he said that? Yeah. Right? Oh, crap, he went there, you know? And as great as MJF is, no, scratch that, as great as Edge is on the mic, I think that MJF could push him to a level that maybe he hasn't gone to yet. You know what I mean? Like we've seen Edge in the past blur the lines also of reality and fantasy. We've seen it, you know, time and time again. We've seen it with John Cena, right? We've seen him do that before. Um and with Randy Orton. But MJF, the way that he does things, I think it would take Edge to a different level that he hasn't really done in WWE. The closest that he's ever got, gotten to like a real like really real would be his rivalry with Matt Hardy because of what happened with the whole Lita thing that got real, right? I think with MJF, they could get to that level of real that he got with Matt, but take it even further. You know what I mean? So I think this would be one hell of a story as far as who wins it. As I said, it would be something that we would see a back and forth, like maybe several matches where one wins and the other wins. But ultimately, of course, at the end, you have to give it to the good guy, right? Because, but good always triumphs over evil. But it would be one of those things where it would be something that people would talk about for years to come and they would still question 20 years later. Was that shit real? Was it really real? Because it sure felt like it. Right. I really, I really think that's the kind of, uh, story these two guys could tell. So for me, MJF and Edge, that would be one hell of a combo.
2: I would see that i'd pay to see that yeah uh, by the way did you notice how much muscle mjf put on
1: i did notice that yeah. yeah yeah he was a little he was a little rusty in the ring yeah you know but yeah he he definitely looks phenomenal right now
2: definitely definitely all right well my third match is uh and i kind of went um i want to see this kind of built up just because of the promos i think it'd be fun to, to watch uh but it's a fatal four-way tag match okay, okay? And it would be uh, the Lucha Brothers you with know, Penta and, and Ray versus Dan Housen and Sam Zayn, versus Tomasa Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Wow. Versus AJ Styles and Chad Gable.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, hit me with it. I want to hear this All one. Right.
2: Well, for one, okay, you know, obviously Lucha Brothers is great in, in the tag match regardless. Dan Housen and Sammy I think the promo-wise, them bickering back and forth would be freaking hilarious to watch yeah you know especially with sammy's still trying to give you the honor and dan house is just in the background there you know um obviously Tommaso yes Chompa, yes
1: us, us. Is, very good very evil <laughs>
2: exactly exactly then we got of course tomasa Champa and johnny Gargana who have been you know diy before they have a tag team history together and again aj styles and chad gable i think aj styles being the the veteran being the more serious like you know we're trying to you know be the top tag team here and Tad Gable being Tad Gable basically yeah 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 you know and then of course you know they can go back and forth with Dan House and the same name while the other two teams are in the background but I think um performance wise they're going to tear the house down now rather we haven't seen much I mean you and I've kind of seen stuff on the indie scene from Dan housing right we haven't seen much of him in AEW
1: right most of the uh, people and- don't know that he can go
2: Exactly. So yeah. He is a phenomenal worker in the ring. Uh we already know Lucha Bros can work. I know you know Penta's your favorite, so you yes. know he can work. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, incredible talents. And then come on, AJ Styles and Chad Gable. Like this will be a back and forth of just spot after spot. And yes, not a big fan of spot fest matches, but I'd be entertained to see this one happen. Right. You know. Um as far as winner of the match, I think I'm gonna go with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano okay I think that, I just think that uh their level of wrestling ability outweighs everybody else's in my
1: opinion I would have to agree with you on that one i I would definitely have to agree with you on that one. I mean seeing those two go against like uh the the young bucks would be an awesome sight to see um but even then but even then, as good as the young bucks are, I still think that Johnny Gargano and Tomasa Ciampa are at, are a level above. There's just something about their skill man. These guys are top notch. Like everybody in AEW you hear you hear about how they're all elite, they're all elite, but in all reality when you take that word elite um that's Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Those two guys are the, are the best of the best for sure. Uh, for they sure. Can
2: sell. They
1: actually sell. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so okay, I like it. I like it. All right. So my number 4 match is a tag match and it would be for the tag team champions, a uh, championships. Honestly, I don't care which one it could be the WWE tag champs or it could be AEW, it doesn't matter to me. Um but a championship cuz this this is cha- to me is championship caliber. Uh I would go with the Usos, of course, cuz they are a great tag team versus FTR.
2: That was literally my fourth
1: one. Too. Are you serious? <laughs> 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 oh wow! Well, great minds think alike, right? <laughs> yeah, that was actually um,
2: yeah. I didn't see you in like championship online. I just put the AW Tag champs uh, FTR versus Daniel Speed. Right, right. Okay, AW.
1: all right. Well, let's let's talk about it a little bit. Wow. You got the USOs who are damn good workers. They're damn good tandem offense. They're brothers, so yeah. the chemistry is there. They know each other. They know what the others thinking. They know what booze they're going to do, but the crazy thing about it is you can say the same thing about FTR, yeah. which is why I would put both teams together like that, because I think they would have a match that would definitely tear the house down, right? Um, yes, right now, Usos are kind of working heel and FTR isn't, but see, that's that's the beauty of it, because even if Usos wanted to throw in the heel tactics, FTR is not above the heel tactics,
2: right
1: you know what i'm saying they they're they're down with that too so that's why i think this match would be such a great back and forth you've got the usos who like to go to the top rope but they can throw down too ftr is not much of the of 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 doing the spots but damn can they go i mean we've said this before they're they're very reminiscent of like the brain busters back in the day you know and Arn anderson and natalie blanchard you know, yeah. they come from that school of wrestling, basically. Right. And let's be honest, the Usos, they have that lineage. They have that blood in them. They know about the old school, too. So it would be a great back and forth. Me, personally, though, I would have to give the win to FTR. How about you?
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I just add a fourth belt to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um or fifth if you want to count both tag times, to go to right. but yeah. I, I would agree. I think that um as good as the Usos are, I think FTR is just a slight bit better. Right. Enough. You know, I think that uh if you put that on the card, they're going to cheer more for FTR than they are going to do the Usos. I don't. I agree. Me There's going to be a this is awesome channel on both ends, but I think again, I think FTR is just uh, just outperforms them just a little bit there
1: okay all right cool cool all right well since we both shared that one why don't you go ahead and go with your last one
2: all right so my last one is my gimmick match all right and there'd be a lot of match for the casino slash money in the bank briefcase so basically whoever wins can go and choose a championship from either promotions nice okay um and there would be consistent dante martin versus jungle boy versus sammy guevara versus matt riddle versus Austin awesome theory versus ricochet
0: Ooh,
1: now that would be one hell of a match
2: i mean a couple of high flying boys that i mean imagine what they could do with the ladder
1: right right and then you also got a couple of ground and pound boys in there too exactly. so oh man that would definitely be one hell of a hell of a match to watch how do you see it ending up
2: um i also think it would go to probably jungle boy
1: really yes okay you, you, you need to back that one up come on now
2: okay okay i think once he gets out of this view with uh with luchasaurus and christian i think he revamps himself into a lot stronger and tougher opponent and gets away from this whole jungle boy gimmick and he's more of a threat you know now do i think that he would go against like this let's, let's just for a fancy booking sake that he's going up against uh john moxley or roman reigns i think he's still more towards john moxley that's right. more of his caliber of a match right uh, whereas Roman reigns is more of you know kind of that kind of character so yeah i think i think uh yeah i would give a jungle boy and let him go for the aw championship because again pillar of the company good dude's been working since day one um i wish he wasn't in this i understand the storyline with Luke stories and christian i really wish he was in it because i think he has a lot more potential on him he has a lot more talent on him than what he's being given Right. So he's, he's basically been uh, regulated to a tag team for most of his AEW career. Right. I want to see what he can do as a senior competitor.
1: Right. No, I, I totally get that. I got to tell you, uh, just to kind of go off track just a little bit here, during Dynamite last night, I, I mean, it was very, when he came to the ring, first of all, his look, yeah, I loved it. I loved it, right?
2: Even his hair was a little bit different.
1: Yes, yes. I loved the look. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the new look or something, but I definitely love the look. But what really got me, Chris, was the promo. The emotion. The emotion in the promo. Dude, it pulled me in. I'm like, holy shit. They're bringing the best out of him right now. And I think they need to to take that ball. They need to run with it. They need to let him evolve because that's exactly what's happening right now is he's evolving exactly let him evolve take away the the jungle boy gimmick and give it something else like i get they're they're starting to announce him as jungle boy jack perry i get it but i think that jungle boy name just needs to be put to bed and and he either needs to just stay jack perry or something else because he's he's not a jungle boy anymore he's he's becoming a man I, i know it sounds cliche but it's that's actually what's happening you know what I mean I would, so, I
2: would even go with like Jungle Perry okay okay yeah,
1: know, that's not bad I just
2: just combine the two
1: yeah that's not bad at all so, I could see that for sure
2: I think he should cut his hair though really yeah I think so huh okay I mean that's just me he looks like uh a, a really tough sideshow Bob right now <laughs> 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 you
1: know? I just want to see him go, oh, Oh, that's funny. All right. So my last match is my, of course, my gimmick match. This match would be a last man standing match. So pretty much no rules, right? Anything goes. Uh, The competitors would be Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns. For Ooh. the Undisputed Universal Championship. Ooh. Yes. I like it. Uh huh. And in this particular match, the way I see it going, you've got, and to me, I know Jericho's been spewing this for weeks and weeks and weeks, but to me, this match is the epitome, okay? The epitome of sports entertainment versus pro wrestler. Yeah. Because Roman Reigns is all sports entertainment, all right? Don't get me wrong. He is entertaining. He brings it. He's a great worker in the ring, but it's all sports entertainment. You don't really see a lot of wrestling moves from Roman Reigns. A lot of it is flash. A lot of it is show entertaining. Punches, kicks, you know, talking shit, all that. It's all entertainment. Kenny Omega, on the other hand, one of the best in the world. And just to see Kenny Omega throw Roman Reigns into a move after a move after a move to make the head of the table go under the table is where is where I see this going. Because the way I see it, Chris, Kenny Omega comes out on top on this one. Okay, now don't get me wrong. You're going to see the shenanigans. You're going to see the bloodline interfere, right? You're going to see that happen. But at the same time, when that happens, you're going to see the uh, Young Bucks come in to Kenny's aid. Right? You're going to see that happen. You're going to see the super kick party happen to the Usos. Like This is what's going to happen. And Kenny Omega is going to get Roman Reigns up in the One-Winged Angel. And boom, it's going to be... Now, don't get me wrong. It might take a couple of them. I don't think Roman Reigns will lay down after one. But I, I give this match to Kenny Omega. Because as as a worker, as a professional wrestler, Kenny Omega is one of the best. And personally, I think he would school Roman Reigns. Now, oh, yeah
2: for sure I mean, you know what i'm saying doubt. yeah there's no doubt he was going to room raise i mean you think it'll, it'll kind of be uh i hate to say it almost like uh william regal versus goldberg kind of match
1: yeah exactly exactly because roman reigns is great doing what he's doing right now right he's yeah. he's he's playing that character great head of the table he's got a lot of bravado he's very brash just very in your face which totally fits the character he's he's doing but Kenny Omega lets his ring work speak for itself. Yes, Kenny Omega could talk trash. His, his trash talking is more like the the snobby little kid that you see in church that you want to slap the shit out of because he's talking shit, you know, and his mom doesn't see him talking shit. That's kind of how Kenny Omega comes off when he talks smack, right? But it's not about talking smack when you're in the ring. Right. You know what I mean? And that's where I, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he was so school. Uh, Roman Reigns take him to school it would be a great back and forth match I do believe but I just think Kenny Omega would outwork him his stamina he, he would just last longer and he gets to win bottom line I think he wins he becomes new universal champion yeah that's, that's how I, I think, see it. I
2: work. think that uh Roman Reigns is kind of limited on his arsenal it's almost the same move after move after move whereas Kenny always seems to pop up with something new
1: exactly he's oh so, he's, al- he's always uh Innovative, exactly. You know, where Roman Reigns. Let's be honest, Roman Reigns has a lot in common with John Cena. What was it, the four moves of Doom or whatever? Five five, five five moves moves of Doom. Yeah, Roman Reigns the same thing. Same thing. You know, if you really think about it, it's really the same thing. What is it all the time? The, the the punch. Yeah, the spear, uh, and then that power bomb or whatever. You know, if, if he decides to throw that in. You know, so Kenny Omega, hands down takes the win, becomes the new uh, universal champion. That's how I see that one.
2: Now, an ad element could be if this is if there's a lead-up to this, you have a back-and-forth between Paul Heyman and Don Callis.
1: Oh, bro, <laughs> you just made it better. Oh, my God. Two carnies going at it. Oh, exactly. dude, that exactly. would be so entertaining. Exactly. That, that's money right there, bro, straight money. Oh, you there know, go. people would pay for that. Pay Definitely. for the pay for the ticket to see it in person, and pay for the pay per view, dude. Definitely, that's that's a great one. I like that. I like that addition. That's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Pretty good selections, man. You had some really really good ones in there. Um, I noticed we both didn't say anything about any of the women.
2: No, no. Um, to be honest with you, not to say that there's not good performers on both rosters. It's just I don't think there's anything that I would really be entertained watching. Right now for both aspects. I mean, maybe Britt Baker versus Bailey. Uh that might be the only one that I could see. Uh, but I we've already seen Athena in there in, in WWE. Right. storm with WWE. Right. Um so
1: right and see that's what I was trying to do when I was making my selections, right? Because I could have gone with a John Moxley, I could have gone with a Brian Danielson, but right away I thought, no, they were in WWE already. Yeah. i wanted to go with the guys that weren't from wwe that's why sure. i chose who i chose you know because yeah you could there could be an argument for a john moxley versus a roman reigns hell yeah you'd want to see that but let's be honest we're, we're getting dean ambrose and roman reigns exactly. you know what i mean um now granted the john moxley character is different so that would be a different little interaction right because he would be going in as john moxley so no doubt about it i would still pay to see that match i think it would be awesome but um but yeah they they've they've kind of i don't remember if they faced each other before but they were both in the same promotion so yeah, that's they why did. I, they, did. they did okay so that's why i didn't really want to you know kind of go that route but there was a lot of like a lot of ones that i thought that you could probably consider as like honorable mentions right for example yeah. uh for example i one i almost put together was uh i know he's he's been mostly kind of a tag right with his brother but but uh uh oh my god what it is he's my favorite and he slipped my mind penta pentagon yeah. right i would love to see pentagon with his lucha style that he does and and not just his style but his attitude right going against randy orton
2: Ooh.
1: right yeah just to see that happen i mean that would be money in my opinion it would be one hell of a combo because you got two two different alternating styles plus the attitude because randy's got that cold callous attitude already but then that that brash bravado type strut and shit that that penta has i do yeah. it would be so awesome and honestly i gotta be honest there, there's a part of me that has i've been wanting penta to kind of go back to that character he was in lucha underground when he went with vampiro Okay, I
2: remember,
1: that. You remember that he yeah. was a sadistic bastard dude you know, his goal was to break everybody's arm, you know, yeah. and he's kind of he's he's not that guy. He he cares more about getting the crowd into saying settle yeah. miedo than anything else. I kind of wouldn't mind seeing Penta go back to that.
2: Yeah,
1: I think that would that would be one heck of a way to go for sure. Um. So but yeah, that was that was one of the ones I thought of. Was there any that you thought of that you didn't go with?
2: I just thought that we, we would have seen it in like, like you said, John Moxley versus Reign or something like that or John Moxley versus Seth Rollins like stuff we would have seen it would have been nice to see him again but Mm -hmm. you know I I went the same route you did as far as like trying to separate the two promotions right matches that we wouldn't we've never seen before
1: exactly exactly yeah that's kind of what I was going for when we were making the decisions but dude there's just so many awesome like combinations that we could try you know uh in 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 both promotions you know um Oh, there was another one I thought of that would have been. Oh, oh I was also thinking like a Matt Riddle, right? Because Matt Riddle, he's um, it's kind of funny. He's he's kind of top tier, but not really. Maybe like a little bit below one yeah. of the top tier performers, right? Uh, not as high profile as a Seth Rollins, even though he's in a he's in a, a story with him. But we all know Seth Rollins is really top tier. But but how Matt Riddle is almost there. Same as Wardlow. Wardlow is. In my opinion, he's kind of there. To see them two go at it, I think that would be a great match. Uh, the match that he had last night, that Wardlow had last night with Brian Cage, was oh, was, was really good. it was a great match. And I just can't help but think that that would be one hell of a match to see him go one-on-one with Riddle. Because with Riddle, it's kind of crazy. With Riddle, I've seen this before, where he's very deceptive because of how he acts and stuff. You kind of think like he's, he's almost like he's a pushover but the dude's stacked. Yeah, He's a big dude, right? He's not He's not a pushover. Right. He, can, he can kick ass. So to see him in the ring with Wardlow, I think that's what you would get at first. You would kind of get that whole like, well, Wardlow's going to win because Riddle's a pushover. But then as they get into it, you notice, no, he's not a pushover. He can kick right. some ass. And I think he would take Wardlow to the limit. I don't think that Riddle would be someone that Wardlow can just put those power bombs on and then it's then call it a day no i think i think uh matt riddle would definitely push him to the limit for sure so that was another one that i didn't put on the list but it was definitely a uh in my head for sure
2: yeah the only other one and honestly it was me really really fancy booking that i was gonna put up uh kenny omega versus eddie guerrero
1: oh yeah that would have been amazing you know yeah uh,
2: i try to stay into you know
1: the okay. ones that are alive, well, yeah, living, yeah,
2: superstars,
1: yeah, right. cool. Well, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, what we're going to talk about next is the best finishers of all time. Yes, which is another great topic. So, it is a
0: good
1: yeah, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor.
0: Yeah, yeah, fellas, I know how it is. Your hair and beard are looking rough, and you need to get it taken care of right away. The problem is, where do you go? Well. Say no more because I have the perfect place just for you. At Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, you'll get that fresh cut and trim by well trained professionals who know just how to get what you want a man's cut and a man's trim. Dallas, Jawan, and Derek will hook you up with your tailored to you cut along with a straight razor shave and a relaxing hot towel treatment. These fellas will give you that old school treatment where you sit back and relax and unwind while you get back to looking like a gentleman should. When you walk in the door, talk to old Dal and let him know that Rob T. and K Fabe Chris sent you and he'll offer you a complimentary cold one or a shot of whiskey. Stop by 322 West Hopkins Street in San Marcos, Texas or go online and make your appointment today at Hanley'sBarbershop.com Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop where good times and good vibes make for a great look.
2: Guess what? We are back, man. That was some good fantasy booking. I had to go relieve uh, myself for such amazing <laughs> matches we put together,
1: bro. If we had if that that those matches that we said, can you imagine how much money that pay per view would make?
2: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Oh dude, that would and and there wouldn't be an empty seat in the house. Nope, that well, would now, not well, be. Did, in did, it.
2: did you did you hear that? Uh, A W is having trouble selling tickets late? Really? Really. Yeah, they said they're having a struggle in selling tickets. Um, I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah, am
1: i But Huh. Mm. Was it a dirt sheet?
2: Uh, there was a couple of them mm-hmm. that posted that. And so it was dirt sheets, but it was a couple of them. Right. Courses, so, so.
1: I don't know. Sometimes it's like, should you believe the dirt sheets or should you not? I don't know. I don't know if I buy it, but it's possible. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it you know, I mean, we both of us can agree that AEW has. Done some things here recently that have pissed us both off. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think it's possible. There's other rumors too. I don't know if you saw the rumors about uh, that Tony Khan actually let CM Punk go quietly.
2: I heard that. Like, Did you he see was that? Paid out his two years that was left. Yeah, yeah.
1: He has
2: virtualized rights through the other year or something
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, I don't know if there's any validity to that. I, I, you know what? It's possible though. I mean, yeah. Tony Khan's got the money. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's possible i got it. let me ask you this question since since we're kind of talking about it let's say it's true let's say cm punk is done with AEW. do you honestly see him going anywhere else i don't
2: know nobody will
1: want him no i don't think so either not new japan or tna no or, or impact i should say he's yeah be,
2: he's, enough. he's been in twice this year already
1: so true true i think he's done
2: yeah
1: i think he should retire and then, to my surprise I, I think the same article that was talking about uh punk being gone mm-hmm. uh was saying that apparently again rumor right but apparently uh Cody Rhodes had actually talked to triple h about being interested in in doing some something with cm punk oh. but i don't happen. think I don't think triple h would bring him back though
2: no there's too much um he was
1: drama on his end. Yeah. Not only that, I don't think CM Punk would go back. No. With as much that. hate as he spewed against WWE, I don't think he would go back.
2: Oh yeah, he spewed a lot
1: of hate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but anyway, all right. Well, let's get to our topic. Let's let's talk about the best finishing moves. You know, in, in professional wrestling. You know. Yeah. um there's so many to choose from, and, and we could even go. Because I started thinking about it, I even went as far back as to when there wasn't really a such a thing as a finishing move, yeah. but it was like it was more like signature moves. Yeah, not that it was always used to finish a match, but they were used, right? So there's a lot to choose from. Yeah. Um, I started off the last one, so you start off this one.
2: Uh, yeah um i go with the the given one and this is kind of a tie between the two but i think all-time favorite and the reason i say it's all-time favorite and probably the best is because it could be done out of nowhere mm. okay um and i would say that would either be across between the stone Cold stunner or stunner in general and the rko slash cutter slash diamond cutter whatever you call it right uh, just because we've seen it i mean we've seen our randy mm. one and matt Riddle do it constantly. Right. Stone Cold still has the setup with the kick and everything, but at the same time, we've seen some innovative cutters from uh, Cody. We've seen them from Darby Allen. We've seen them from Sammy Guevara. Uh So, you know, I feel like that's just a very unique move that's easy to put someone down and can be done out of nowhere. You know, these matches can be going your way. All of a sudden, boom, drop them. Yeah. So we saw yeah. a lot with DDP and, and WCW, you know, when he would drop it.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure um all right so the one i'm i'm thinking of first classic move uh i i gotta be honest and say that i don't like the fact that it's used now and that it doesn't have the same meaning behind it that it did back in the day but in all fairness the way that it was done especially by this particular superstar that i'm about to mention I haven't seen anybody do it this way since. And the move I'm talking about is the DDT.
2: Uh, you're talking about Jake the Snake Roberts.
1: I'm talking about Jake the Snake Roberts. When Jake the Snake Roberts would put a DDT on you, there was just something about the way he did it. Like you expected when he rolled the guy over to just see brains all over the mat. Yeah. The way that he did it. You know what I'm saying? Like he had this way about it to where he had the guy just like you normally would in the DDT, but he would do this slap thing. Remember? Yeah. He would do kind of like this slap thing and he would just drop. And and, and he did it in a way that I, I'm telling you, I, I haven't seen the closest would maybe be Randy Orton. But even then, when Randy Orton does that DDT from the from the second rope, it does not match Jake's drop. That drop that Jake does just makes that move look so damn deadly. Like you would hate to be in that position. You know, and, and the thing about it is, is nowadays everybody, the DDT now is like a headlock. You know, people get put in the DDT, they, they sell for a few seconds, but then they're right back up. Right. Um, but but, dude, I I I have it clear as day in my head right now. Seeing DD, the uh, Jake the stake do the DDT was just phenomenal. I have not seen anybody since do it that way. I mean, would you agree with that?
2: I would agree the closest i've seen that's a, a damn good dt was we saw a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago between orange Castle and puck
1: good point good point yeah you
2: know? yeah and that was more just the selling that Puck did to for the dg right I mean,
1: so. right cool cool okay you got another one uh yeah uh next
2: one i got and again this is another one that's been overused and it's even more like a cliche move but I'm gonna go with uh the super kick or more specifically sweet chin music.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. In your in your opinion, so like I was saying about the DDT, mm-hmm. we've seen tons and tons of superstars mm-hmm. do the DDT. We've seen tons of superstars uh use the DDT as a signature move or a finishing move. Mm-hmm. Uh Dean Ambrose, for example, he he uses it as a finisher. Um modifies it, of course, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still a DDT. Uh mcfoley would use it also yeah you know uh, he would do it again a, a modified version of it but it was still a ddt in your opinion who had the best super kit? uh well
2: i will not know where the setup and everything i'd give it to Shawn michaels but i do think that it would be a tie between yokozuna and Imaga.
1: umaga umaga had a good one
2: yeah
1: Umaga had a real good one. Underrated talent right there. Yes. I mean, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it in my head right now. And, and the funny thing is, uh, Yokozuna's almost looked exactly like Umaga's, Mm -hmm. which it's not surprising. I mean, they, they're both, uh, from the Anoai fam. Ano, am I saying it right? Anoai family? Anoa (laughs) Anoai. Yeah. Anyway. Sammy's family. family. Yeah. Sammy's family. Yeah. (laughs) The, the, The Zane dynasty. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, I'll give you that one. However, I got to tell you, nobody did a super kick like the first wrestler I saw do a super kick. Now, granted, I am older than you, so this is going to go back quite a few years. Gentleman Chris Adams. The way that dude threw a super kick, I mean, he, very similar to how Sean did it, but Sean had this angle to where the leg didn't come up. As high. Gentleman Chris Adams got so deep into his super kick. There were times he, he was touching the ground when he'd do the kick. You know what I mean? Like, he got it, and, and he would knock you the hell out with that kick. And total shoot, a lot of times when he did that kick, he was really kicking you in the face.
2: Oh,
1: you know what I mean? So, Gentleman Chris Adams was the first one I ever saw do a super kick, and it was impressive. He didn't have to do no knee slap with his because you heard it. It was it was something else. So that's a good one. I like that one too. I'm gonna go old school with mine, and it was a submission move. And the reason why this one sticks out to me is because it really hurts, and it was made famous, and it was invented by the late great Fritz Von Erich, and made famous by the Von Erich family, and that is the Iron Claw. Growing up that move we we all of us we we did it all of us did it on each other you know what i mean and and it hurt it really hurt but to see the von eric's do it was insane i'll never forget being at a match in uvalde texas live okay and uh it was david von eric before he died of course Duh, he's alive <laughs> but <laughs> david von eric versus uh the raging bull manny fernandez and I'm sure Manny Fernandez at some point, like, hit a turnbuckle or something, and, and it busted him open a little bit. But as a kid, I didn't see that happen. All I remember as a kid was I was seeing them go at it. Then I see David Vonner put the iron claw on Manny Fernandez, and all of a sudden, Manny Fernandez is bleeding. So I remember as a kid thinking, holy shit, this guy's grip is so strong that just by giving this guy the claw, he broke his skin and made him start bleeding from the head. Yeah. And it made me feel like, oh, if I'm going to wrestle my brothers and I use the Iron Claw, I better not use all my strength because I could make his brains pop out. Like, that's how believable that shit was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't really see the Iron Claw used at all today.
2: No.
1: You really don't. I think somebody needs to bring it back. Now, granted, I'm not watching, uh, what is that uh, promotion called? MLW, I think. Uh, the Von Erichs, or Von Erich, uh, Kevin Von Erichs' sons are in that promotion along with um, Roman Reigns and uh, the Usos' cousin, I believe. Uh, is it the cousin? Anyway, he's another member of the Samoan Dynasty. He's in that promotion too. Uh, Jacob yeah. Fatu, I think.
2: Jacob Fatu, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, he's in that promotion. Um, anyway, but that's the same promotion that the Von Erich kids are in, and I think they use the Iron Claw, but yeah. they're, the, they're the only ones.
2: I think the one that comes close to using a similar move on the indie scene right now is uh, Haas Holden.
1: We need to get him on the show. Yeah.
2: Did you hear that he's going to be at uh, the next uh, N.O.W.
1: I did. I did hear that. Um, he's also going to be at the uh, Texas, uh, South Texas WrestleFest.
2: Yeah, I saw that too.
1: Yeah. yeah. Are you going? I don't know yet. It's, it's, know. Too,
2: early. it's too early to tell right now. So gotcha.
1: You? Gotcha. Well, I mean, it's going to come up quick. It's next I'm month. Not for
2: sure I'm going to N.O.W. Yes. Oh,
1: yeah. I know that. I know that. Uh, uh, totally off subject I, I remind me i need to give you some uh, money for that because uh my ticket for the south texas wrestle fest mm-hmm. the guy's gonna be there my vip ticket and i told him i would send the money with you all
2: right
1: so but that's a whole other story
2: all anyway
1: right. i hope you can make it man it's gonna be it's gonna I'm
2: be fun so too. i'm hoping so too so ashley
1: ashley if you're listening please all let right. chris go Cause... it's 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 a marketing thing. We're we're trying to get the podcast out there. I swear it's strictly business. Strictly, business.
2: strictly business. With a little bit of play. A little, bit of <laughs> little, bit of play. little bit of play.
1: Little bit of play time cuz it's wrestling. But it's strictly business. I swear yeah, it's strictly yeah, business.
0: Strictly business.
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all right, so I said the iron claw. All right, your turn. What you got?
0: All
2: right, um I'm going to go with another one that I've always loved. It's a submission move also. And I'm sure it's been done by many in the past, but the one I always loved seeing it do it was a uh, um, Malenko, and that's the Texas Cloverleaf.
1: Mm, I hate that they don't call it the Texas Cloverleaf anymore.
2: Exactly, exactly. It's just the Cloverleaf basically now. Yes, but yeah, I love that when he would put it on when he was a WCW, I was like, damn it. You know, another move that I put on with two people myself.
1: You know? Yeah, same here, same here. Uh, and these Lee, and moves legitimately do hurt. They do hurt. Yes, yes.
2: Yeah, yes, they do. But yeah, Texas Cloverleaf, one of my favorite submission
1: moves. Okay, on the same on the same track as the Texas Cloverleaf. Another move that I'm sure... Uh, you, you have just sisters or do you have brothers too? I'm
0: just sisters.
1: Just sisters, okay. Well, maybe you did it on your sister. But I know I did this to my brothers as kids. And that is the figure four leg lock.
2: I've done it on, on some friends,
1: yes. <laughs> okay, that does hurt. I've had it done on me too. And I know for a fact that hurts. Yeah. And yes, it's not... It's a total shoot. If you turn over, the pressure really does get switched, and the other person is in pain. Yeah, it's insane. That's a move that really does work, and it and to this day, if I wanted to put it on, I still could, because <laughs> I remember how to do it. But the figure four leg lock um, is 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 one of the best finishers in in wrestling history. But of course, no one ever did it as 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 good as the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Woo! Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
2: He's got some arthritis now.
1: but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, speaking of that real quick, I, I don't mean to get off subject, but I have to I, have set, off subject? <laughs> I know, I know, right? Uh, this is what makes the podcast fun. Uh, you know everybody's still listening anyway, so, so go with me here on this one. Have you been hearing these reports that uh, that he last match again? that he wants to wrestle again?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think about that?
2: I don't know, because I've been seeing, like, random videos of him smoking weed and, and, and dripping and drinking, whatever the crap. I think he's just trying to live his life until he dies. And if that entails that he's going to go in for another match because he wants to have some fun, I mean, more power to him. I mean, if, if it's a nature boy. If he's going to die, he's going to die in the ring.
1: Okay. All right. So, I got to say, I'm glad you said that. I can respect that. <laughs> if you're going to go out, you're going to go out the way you want to go out. Because, right. let's be honest, if... If I had a choice of how to go out, I want to go out playing drums. You know what I mean. Um, well,
0: almost you- <laughs> I know, I, and
1: I was I was just about to make a comment about that. Like I thought I almost died a few weeks ago because uh, of what I felt. Uh, as scary as that was, that would have been a great way for me to go out. Honestly, you know. Um, but so I get that. I can respect that. I guess my thing is, it's like Undertaker said. Do you remember in his in his documentary where he said? He doesn't want to be that guy where, you know, there's the there's the dad with his kids saying, yeah, he's not bad, but man, you should have seen him win. And and, and that's the thing. I, I personally think Ric Flair should have called it a day when Shawn Michaels retired him.
2: Yeah,
1: that match to me, in my opinion, that match was the perfect way for him to go out and he shouldn't have touched it. That match was a fucking masterpiece of a match from the storytelling, the iconic ending of seeing Sean Mouth, I'm sorry, I love you. Bro, I cried.
2: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? So and
2: then that whole send off the night after
1: yes, yes, where Undertaker comes out, doesn't break character, but mm-hmm. salutes salutes Ric Flair. Like yeah. it was perfect. And I gotta be honest, I feel that he tainted that when he came out, however longer it was on a on a TNA at the time. Yeah. You know, so I hope he doesn't do another match because in my opinion it's it's pretty pathetic at this point. But at the same time, I mean if that's how he chooses to go out, so be it. You know, go out the way you're gonna go out. You know what I mean? But uh I don't know, I just I'm not gonna watch it. I'm I'm not even gonna watch his last match he did. You know, I'm yeah. not even interested in watching that. Oh, so
2: I have much time to watch him walk to the ring.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyway all right so uh you said the uh, i said the figure four it's your turn what, what else you got
2: all right um another one that was a combination like almost like a cradle slash move suplex move but it was from the mr perfect himself the perfect flex
1: yeah mr yeah. perfect was something else that, that was a good move
2: you know, just the way he, you know, it obviously it was a it was a suplex in itself, which is a depth right to begin with, and then for him to bridge and be able to hold that for a pinning combination was just masterful.
1: Yes, for sure, yeah. for sure. Hey, yeah. did you did you ever do the gum thing that he did?
2: Yeah, <laughs> and, and I threw a towel back.
1: <laughs> Dude, I still do the gum thing to this day.
2: <laughs> I saw a, I saw a TikTok of was uh, it was like if Curtis Axel uh, getting in trouble with his dad. Oh, sorry, dad. I can't be perfect like you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, all right, so my turn. Uh, there was one move, and again, it's another one of those moves that, that is done a lot now, um, and not very many people call it what it was called, but there are, well, I can't even say that because I have I have heard a lot of, of it's in AEW, I think I've heard him say it. I know I've heard him say it in WWE, but I liked the move because at first, when I first saw it, I thought it was just a body slam, but then it wasn't. And the way that this guy who who had it named after him did it, it did look devastating. And that's the Michinoku Driver.
2: Mm, yeah,
1: you know what I mean, because it was a it was a combination, uh, body slam and brainbuster, pretty much.
2: Yeah,
1: you know what I mean. And the way that that uh, uh Takamichi Noku did it, it just looked ugh. It looked like. Yeah, that dude's not getting up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was yeah. one hell of a finisher. I thought that was a really good one. And like I said, a lot of people do it now. There's some that call it, I think, a falconero. I think.
2: Or bro- yeah,
1: falconero. Falconero, and yeah. but but to me, it's always going to be the Michinoku driver.
2: I think they call it broken arrow too. I think Damian Priest calls it a broken
1: arrow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it's the same move. It's just yeah. and it, isn't it funny how uh, the ones that originally did it, it's like no yeah. one can do it as as good as them. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely.
2: It's the same thing, like uh, like an elbow drop from the top rope is kind of a, just a basic move, but the way that Macho Man Randy Savage does.
1: Exactly, exactly. brought a whole new you know, Yeah,
2: to it. Yeah, so.
1: let's okay. do, Let's do two more, and then we're going to talk uh, Extreme Rules coming up.
2: All right. I'm going to go with um, rock bottom slash bookend slash uranagi, however you want to call it. Okay. Uh, but essentially a rock bottom slam into
0: the mat okay okay
1: so, not yeah, I, you, you know who you know okay so of course rock made it famous but my favorite performer that does that move Samojo yes because of the way he does it he does exactly. it when the guy runs to him in the cor- in the corner yeah and it's like he catches him and just mother Black- you know what I mean yes. oh dude when I first saw him do that I came off my seat like oh, yes Yes, yes. Uh, Samoa Joe is one of my favorites. I got to be honest. I love that dude. Um, the way he talks, just when he win. remember when he had the, the rivalry with Brock Lesnar? Oh,
2: man. Bro, uh, yes.
1: I was so that pissed. I was so pissed that he didn't win that. Yeah. Like, I think he should have won that. Like, he showed no fear to Brock and talked so much shit to Brock. Oh, it was awesome. That was a great one. He that was shit a
2: great
1: one. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, okay. So this was my last one. Actually, I'll do my last one, then you do your last one, okay? Oh,
2: well, that was my last one. <laughs> oh, that was your
1: last one? Okay. So okay. then I'll do I'll do my last one. Okay. First time I saw this move. Oh my god. I I my mouth dropped, my eyes got just because I'd never seen this before, ever. Now of course you see it a lot, especially in AEW. Um but especially on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, the first time I saw it, I'll never forget okay, it. Okay,
2: okay real, real quick, I don't want to say, okay, because I know your wife's a big fan of Hocus Pocus, so I'm sure she's seen Hocus Pocus, too. Yes,
1: yeah, she
0: has, she has. And we've
2: seen it, too. There were the articles, like, it was actually on a news article, like, KXN or whatever, but uh-huh. uh, this lady said that we should watch it because of the fact that you don't know what kind of spells are actually coming through your TV screen. That's right. Sort of an argument. Right. Like, and to me, I'm, in my head, I'm just like that's like getting an S T D by watching porn.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Honestly, you could you could make the same argument with Harry Potter, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, so yeah. Exactly. Uh, anyway, all right, so first time I saw this move done, from my understanding, this is the guy that invented it, okay? okay. And it was in TNA, back when it was TNA. And the guy's name was Petey Williams. And the move is called the Canadian Destroyer. Uh, When I first saw him do that movie, and he did it with such finesse. And it looked so devastating. When he first did it, I think the first time I saw him do it was to Sanjay Dutt. And I know Sanjay Dutt hasn't been wrestling. Like, we just see him moving his mouth, basically. But if you've ever watched Sanjay Dutt in the ring, that boy sells. Yeah. Okay, so when he got hit with the Canadian Destroyer, the way he sold that thing, I thought that fool had his neck broke. No joke. Wow. But when I saw that move the first time, I, dude, I, I got up off my seat. I was just like, what? What? Show the replay because, oh, my God, it was an amazing move. Um, unfortunately, now it's it's been done so much. Yeah. It doesn't get the respect that it should have, I think these guys, and we already talked about this before, they need to be selling that move a lot better than they have been.
2: Well it's like a Panama Sunrise, whatever Adam Cole does. So
1: Yeah, I mean that's what he calls it, but it's pretty much the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah. So um yeah, but that 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 was that's probably my most favorite finisher that I've seen uh in in his in pro wrestling history, honestly, is is uh the uh Canadian Destroyer.
2: I even get paid a bad bunny for doing that on Don Morrison
1: yeah he did he did awesome with that and and see to me the reason why it's so devastating to me is because i've always believed that the most devastating finisher uh and it wasn't even this is back in the day wasn't when when it wasn't even a finisher it was just a move that caused such devastation that they had to finish the match hence a finisher but that was the pile driver you know and the most vicious pile driver i ever saw was the power driver that was done to Jimmy Snuka on the concrete back in the eighties? Oh. Yeah, I mean, bro, it was like I remember doing the I remember doing the pile driver to my brother, and just hearing his head hit the floor, and I'm just like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, <laughs> and that's why he's stupid now. Anyway, um,
2: <laughs> so you fucked him
1: up. <laughs> yeah, it was my fault. I'm I'm the one. To, I'm the one to blame for his assholeery. <laughs> oh. Wow. Anyway, let's talk. uh, We got a few minutes left. uh, So as we wind down, Chris, why don't you give us what we got to look forward to on uh, Extreme Rules this Saturday?
2: All right. Well, Extreme Rules that we have coming up, uh, it's going to be a a pretty good card. It's actually most of the the matches on there are actually uh, Extreme Rules or at least, you know, gimmick extreme matches. Right. So the kickoff show is going to have the good old-fashioned Donnybrook match between the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. So not much about this. I do think that the Brawling boots take this just because they need a win. Right. Uh, out of this because I mean they can still keep the individual with Gunther versus Seamus, keep Gunther on the winning side. Right. So with Kaiser and Gucci, but I think uh, Brawling boots take this one just because it's on the opening card. It's not going to hurt them on that. So uh, then we get the I Quit match between Edge and Finn Balor. So uh, I think that. Finn Balor takes this one. Okay. Okay. Even though you know Edge had his, his promo on Monday talking about he, he can't quit, he doesn't quit. But I do think that Judgment Day um does something. I would I was really gonna say they do something to his wife, Beth Phoenix, but they're not in his hometown, so no reason for her to really be there. Uh but I do think that maybe they attack Ray to the point where Edge basically says he quits to save Ray.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's good. So what do you think? Um I think it's possible. I think somehow Ray does get involved to, of course, because they got to keep the story going with him and Dom. Right. So I do think he's going to be involved somehow, although I don't think it's going to be, uh, uh, I don't think it's going to be something where edge and Ray are on the same page. Cause I think they're trying to build this story right now that, that Ray's alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think, so what you're saying, I think it is possible that, that could definitely happen.
2: Okay. Uh, then we have the strap match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. Uh, now this will probably be what the second match that we've seen Karrion Cross in uh, on the main roster outside of his, you know, dominatrix gimmick he had back in. The day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think this will be a brutal match because I know both neither men are going to pull punches, um, and obviously it's a strap match. So you, that strap is going to come into play in right. the match. Uh, but I, I'll give this to Karrion Cross because the way they're they're Building him up, there may make no sense for him to take a
1: loss here, right? Right, okay. I, I agree with you on that one for sure. Yeah. yeah, uh,
2: then we have a fight pit match between Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins with um,
1: what Daniel, the, Daniel Cormier, yeah, Cormier, uh,
2: is the special ref. Um, I do think Brock Lesnar gets involved because the rumor is that they're supposed to set them up for um, Saudi Arabia show, I think.
0: Yeah, I, w-
1: I was just about to say that.
2: Yeah, so he gets involved at some point. Uh, But I think that Seth Rollins wins this one.
1: You think so? I
2: think so. I think um, it's going to come to a point where, again, Matt Riddle is going to get in his emotional state. It's going to get the better of him, and Seth's going to take the win. Plus, right now, they're trying to go into a feud with Bobby Lashley as we've seen him continue on on Monday night. So I think they just need to close the door on this feud. They can revisit it at some point, but I think right now, Close the door with Seth winning, is that way he can move into the feud
0: with Bobby Lashley. I'll have to
1: agree. i have to disagree with you on that one. I think uh, I think Riddle takes it, yeah. but I think the way he takes it is that uh, Bobby Lashley interferes, not in the sense to where he's trying to have Riddle win, but to where he's trying to intimidate Seth because of what yeah. Seth did to him on Raw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's going to be because of that that. Uh, Riddle wins it. That's okay. what I think. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, then we get the extreme rules match for the SmackDown Women's Championship between Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. uh It's. Just, I think it's going to be a spot fest because of the way they're building Liv to be extreme, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and I do think that Liv retains. I don't think they'll, they'll have it drop the strap right now because they're building something with uh Ronda and Shayna that I think is going to go into a tag team, and I think that putting the strap on on uh Rhonda right now doesn't make any sense she doesn't need it she doesn't need it yeah to be honest with you so yeah uh, and really Luke shouldn't have it to the way that her character is born right now but I think that keeping on her for the time being until maybe Charlotte or somebody comes back will make more sense
1: so,
0: cool
1: yeah. um, and anyway. I think for that match I'm gonna be baking popcorn and I don't care
2: <laughs> nice <laughs> nice yeah um And then uh, the last match will be the latter match for the Raw Women's Championship between Bianca Belair versus Bailey. And um, I'm assuming that Damage Patrol is going to get involved in this match, as well as Alexa Bliss and Asuka. So, and probably Mm -hmm. Catastrophe, to be honest with you, because she's kind of falling into their little team there as well. Um, And I do think that Belair drops the strap and it goes to Bailey. It it only makes sense. with. The, I agree with the, you on the that one. Control. So there'll be, it would make, it be bad booking if they were to
1: keep the layer on top. Yep. I agree with you on that one. Definitely agree with you on that one. I, I think that, uh, Bailey takes it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Back now,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now here's the question of questions though. Okay. Cause that was the last match, right? Yeah, that was. Okay. The last. So here's the question of questions. And, and this is what we'll close out the show with, uh, for, for extreme rules coming this Saturday will the white rabbit be revealed
2: well the rumor is and again third sheet rumors is that he is going to be revealed but not necessarily be there okay like i guess they're going to explain what the right rabbit is and right now they're everywhere with this white right rabbit it's almost worse than the fucking miz and dexter lewis be oh, God. Um, <laughs> um but i think they will reveal it and maybe they're building the same to the season premiere that they have coming up next week between Raw and SmackDown, so.
1: Well, you know, the season premiere for SmackDown is tomorrow.
2: Yeah, you're right. It's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And there's new commentating teams.
1: Yeah, I did see that. Uh, yeah. Poor Byron got demoted, it looks like.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I think SmackDown is going to have Wade Barrett and Michael Cole. Yeah. And then Raw is going to have Kevin Patrick and Corey Grace, which I'm going to... I mean, Cam Cam was a good backstage interviewer, but I, I was tired of hearing him on commentary. <laughs> yeah,
1: I actually liked the other guy that uh, was Jimmy Smith. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he's not there anymore, unless he's the one that quit.
2: I think he did. I think he did. Leave.
1: Did he quit? Okay. He was there. good. He was really good. Yeah. Um, just when you're getting used to him, right? So, well, they could bring CM
2: Punk Pumpkin to be commentating.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Sure. <laughs> Dude, you know who they need to bring into commentating, in my opinion, honestly, Mm -hmm. that I think would do great is Mark Calloway. Oh, yeah. Because you got so many things you could do with that. Because, like, you know, you could do the whole new guys coming in and and they start talking shit to Mark Calloway and they're like, oh, what are you going to do? You're nothing but an announcer now. And then all of a sudden he stands up and it's like, oh, shit, it's the Undertaker. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much really good entertaining stuff they could do with that. Um Again, fantasy booking, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, the fact that, that Mark Calloway is recognizing himself as Mark Calloway now and not the Undertaker.
1: Exactly. That's kind of how I thought that. about it too. Like he would come in and he would just be like, "I'm Mark Calloway." He would never say Undertaker. He'd, "I'm the Mark Calloway," and he would talk like Mark Calloway. He wouldn't yeah. talk like Undertaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think he'd do. He would be an awesome asset, you know, and stuff. And I just think it makes for really fun every now and then stories where. A wrestler accidentally hits him or, or pushes him, and then yeah. you kind of see that Undertaker coming out, but then like he pulls it back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it it would be fun. It really would. Yeah. You know, so uh,
2: kind of hard seeing that uh, Mark Callie or Undertaker uh, in a suit every week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I get that, <laughs> I get that, but you know, like I said, it's fantasy booking. It's just a thought. Yeah. But uh hey, man, great show. Yeah, really, definitely. really great show. Um, now, that we got
2: it, now that we got it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, that, that next week we'll be back to our normal uh, two two episodes because um, I don't think we have anything going on next week, uh, so we should be good with our normal two episodes. We'll give some recaps of, uh, of course, of the of the pay per view this weekend as well, um, and uh, we'll we'll have another uh, another great show for with another topic next week. And I'm hoping next week we'll have an interview, maybe. Don't know who yet. I'll try to get a hold of Haas holding. Maybe we can get him on the show. It'd be great to talk to him as well. Um, But yeah, we're going to just keep doing what we do, giving you guys some great wrestling content Um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, talking about the sport that we love so much. And uh, as you know, we'll take any questions as well. Oh, and before we go off, I know we did this all over social media, but a big birthday shout out to the Venice beast, right? Zeke Rose. Um. Did you see that promo I cut for him?
2: I did see it, and he posted it too.
1: Yeah, I did see that too. What did you think about it?
2: I oh, thought it was pretty badass.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. I, I had quite the critique from uh from Cobra uh, on that, and uh and I was just like, I didn't really think yeah. you can get all that deep on it. I was just did saying, he if he liked bad, it.
2: he on his bad side cause everybody's getting on, or he's on everybody's
1: bad? I must have, cause he, he thought it sucked. <laughs> not really not really he, he didn't he didn't say it sucked it just kind of felt like that at first like when yeah. he was he, and, and and as he's talking i'm just kind of like i wasn't expecting like that kind of a critique you know like i was yeah. just like i was just expecting like oh that's not bad you know it's not bad for you know for a birthday promo or yeah it's pretty good not bad yeah. you know like that's kind of what i was expecting oh no, this dude broke it down oh wow. you said you said this too much and you did this don't get me wrong he gave me great tips i'm not Mad dogging him about it at all. It's yeah. just I wasn't expecting that. You know, as he's saying it, I'm listening to him because he sent me little voice recordings about about the the promo, yeah. and uh, and I'm listening to it, and I'm just thinking to myself, "Bitch, I wasn't that serious about it." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but.
2: Right. Like, damn it, Elijah, you better be lucky if we give you the money. I love it. It's like, God dang, dude, chill. We're gonna do a fucking Applebee's. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. (laughs)
1: That's it for his birthday. I'm just giving him a freaking card. I ain't saying shit. (laughs) Anyway.
2: It'll be it'll go it'll go towards your next match, you'll say sorry for your (laughs)
1: loss. Oh man, no nah, Elijah! I'm just messing with you, man. I'm just messing with you. He 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 told me it was pretty good, and and especially after I explained the whole purpose. I was just having fun with Zeke. You know, right. my whole purpose with the podcast is, I I'm sorry, with the uh, promo was I wanted to make it sound like I was about to talk some mad shit about him. Yeah. But then I turn around and I'm like, nah, happy birthday, bro. You know, that's kind of my what my goal was when I was right, saying it. Right. But uh, but yeah. So bottom line is, Zeke loved it. He loved it. He he told me, and, and this really kind of humbled me, and it made me feel really good. He said that uh, he could see me as, like, a, a manager, a wrestling manager. And I was just like, hmm, hmm, Ooh. give me give me, give me some ideas, you know? I, I don't know. Right. Maybe. We'll see what the future holds, right? <laughs> right. Right. right? So, anyway, but listen, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Uh, this was definitely a fun episode to do, the, especially the fantasy booking one, man. I love that one. That one was awesome. Yeah um let us know what you think about our selections we'd love to hear your feedback from you let us know what you think about what your greatest finishing move is in your opinion we'd love to hear that as well but again thank you as always for tuning in every week uh we thank you for tuning in today and uh again sorry about not having a recap episode this week but I will be busy uh this weekend making music like I love to do so that's what I'll be doing and Cheap plug here, but if you're in the area, if you're in the New Braunfels area, I will be performing with my band Reborn at Jesus Jam Fest. We go on from 615 to 640.
2: Good luck to
1: you, (sighs) sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, And those in the San Antonio area, we will be performing at Caliente Harley Davidson. um, And that'll be starting at 11 a.m. So if you're there, do you want to come see us? Come on out. All right. All right, Chris. Well, love you, brother.
2: Great, great
1: show, great show, and uh, we'll see you. We'll, we'll talk to you again next week for the next show.
2: Sounds
1: good. All right, are we getting together for the for the uh, pay per view?
2: Uh, I probably will not watch it till later
0: because ah, okay,
2: I have a, a way to attend.
0: <laughs> I love that look. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they literally gave you like a dress code list of what to wear. To wear. No, <laughs> are you serious? And I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna go dress up anyway. That's just me. But yeah, yeah, you know, it's just like really like I don't think this is very necessary. But okay, you know, whatever. Bro, you... my my understanding is like the it's not even like the wedding itself. It's like I think the wedding's on Thursday in Las Vegas, and then we okay. Friday. Did your reception
1: in green on Saturday? It's like- I see. I see. You know what you should do just to piss them off? You should put on your Mega Power shirt underneath your dress clothes.
2: That's what
1: I was wearing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next week, we love you guys. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye
0: bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you'd like to contact the show with your input or questions, email us at MegapowersWrestling at gmail.com. That's MegapowersWrestling at gmail.com. Also find us on all social media by searching Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Until next week, we wish you good vibes and Godspeed.